Are you ready for the end of the world? Uh, you are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of friends, the circle of family. Wake up! And be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to your community spirit. This is Orda Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And we come here live, sometimes, <laughs> um, local. Usually. I didn't say loco. I said local. Well, we're always loco. Usually local. So um, if you really want to listen to us more than once a week, go to yourcommunityspirit.org and we archive our shows. Yep. Send us information at info at yourcommunityspirit.org. And we're on that Facebook thing, too. I mean. Yeah, I've heard of that whole Facebook. Yeah. The Facebook. So. I've been to the Facebook before. I think winter is finally here. I am. I think so. Like, they can't decide, though. You know? Yeah, it's true it ha can't decide, but it's been like, what do you think? You know, I was going to say it's been about a week, but it's been like a day. It was 64 <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, well, I really, I, I didn't have this sort of unsettling moment yesterday where it was, you know, it was about dusk, you know, and I I thought, why is it getting dark outside so early, you know? And then I realized, oh, because this is April weather, I think it's supposed to be like <laughs> April sunshine, but it's not. It's, it's like, still February. Before we get into the radio show, I would like to talk about... Oh, wait, we're on the I think we're already into the... <laughs> Before we get into the main body of the news and such. <laughs> There's this book. Um, this is from Chelsea Green Publishing. It's called a, Commu a Community Resilience Guide. They've actually got a series of these coming out. Um, this one is called Local Dollars, Local Cents. How to Shift Your Money from Wall Street to Main Street and Achieve Real Prosperity. Yes. So... Um, this is just how to invest in your community and, you know, get rich. Mm, yes. You know, um, and I'm sure it's not talking about just money, but m when you're investing, you're investing money in, um, I mean, the thing is, is the 1% does not invest in small businesses. No. Nah. Because it's such a long-term investment. They invest in things that are high risk, and small businesses are not high risk. Oh, yeah. You know, they're long term. Um, you know, they stick around 10, 20 years. So, how, how can people concerned about poor returns from Wall Street and the devastating impact of global companies on their community invest in Main Street instead? So, very interesting. This is a very rich resource guide. <laughs> yes. So, and we can we can all as people living in local communities uh, you know do another form of investing in in local business by actually supporting them by shopping there yeah. you know if you shop shop in local businesses yeah because uh, the money comes back to you yeah it stays in the community it circulates that dollar circulates through your community more times than if you spend it at its chain store they're actually trying that with the market bucks at the um the winter market on Saturdays mm -hmm. They get a, a business to sponsor $50 worth of market bucks. And then they just give them to people as they come in the door. The first 50 people huh. get a market buck. Ooh. And then it gets spent. And each business in the farmer's market writes on it. And it's good for the for a month. Yeah. So each business, when it gets used, writes on it. So, you know, this farmer will write on it. This craftsperson will write on it. And then, you know, maybe... 
um, the reason why it circulates more is you give it back as change. Yeah. Or, you know, this farmer buys something from this craftsperson or this craftsperson buys it from that farmer. And because they buy from each other, too, you know. Yeah. And it really illustrates how much that dollar does circulate within the community if you keep it in the community. Right. That's what they're trying to see. And then the... the you business... end up with an autograph of all your favorite local craftspeople and farmers, too. Yeah. So some people might not even, like, cash <laughs> it in. Yeah. Because the thing is, is at the end, the farmer can cash it in to the market organizers for a dollar so it's still a dollar for dollar match yeah and um and then the business that sponsors it it says it on there that they're sponsoring that you know that dollar so yeah it's a win for everybody uh -huh. and it's like an interesting experiment yeah so, the power of the local economy yeah you could expand beyond the market i mean they have what was it ithaca new york did the ithaca dollar yeah and i think it's still in operation um, and it's a trade in there. There it's the Ithaca hour. Yeah. I think. Oh yeah. I think they did have hours. Some right. places will call it a dollar. Some will have hours because, you know, for an hour of your labor, you get a, you know, a certain amount of the hours, you know. Right. So, all right. Should we do this radio show or? I think so. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> we managed to wake up this morning. So. All right. Um, America's largest debt problem isn't education credit cards, or even war. It's the problem with most um, students are dealing with, student loans. Hmm. Oh, you mean students take out loans as they go to school? You, they don't just give it to them for free? It's like... Um, I've heard some countries do that. Huh. <laughs> are, are they ahead of us? In education, in a lot of ways, yeah. Oh, well, it seems <laughs> logical. If education is free, people will want... but. They place a value on the education. Some people don't, I don't know, people don't respect free. Sometimes, yeah. You know, but um, people also don't respect money that's given to them for, you know, you know, pretty much nothing. I mean, people <laughs> just expect to receive money. Yeah. Well, we have almost the opposite of free college here in the U.S. Because they give you these loans and they're one of the few types of debts that can't be erased by bankruptcy, you know. Like they, they, because the the people who give out these student loans are so, uh, so eager to get their money back that they set up this whole system where you can't be relieved of your student debt. So basically, someone starts in the workplace and they could never be relieved of their debt. Yeah. Hmm. I'm glad I never went to school. <laughs> I taught myself, uh, and I'm rich now. Really. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. That was fun. Yeah. What else? Let's see, some other news. Let's talk about some Occupy news. Uh, one of the leaders of the Occupy Our Homes Atlanta movement was knocked down during a protest while houses were being auctioned off. He wasn't injured, and the man who knocked into him claimed that he simply fell over a sign and tripped into the protester. No charges were filed. So things got a little bit rowdy. It's Occupy Our Homes Atlanta. Well, I mean, when emotions are high, things happen. Yeah, I mean, someone's losing their home, they're going to be emotional. Yeah. You know? Um, and then, of course, the bank official is like, well, this isn't your home anymore. We own it now. Yeah. Can you please vacate our home? <laughs> so <Yeah>. it's just like... <laughs> it gets really contentious. <laughs> it's just like... So, anyway. A man was trampled and injured in Greece as farmers handed out over 50 tons of free fruits and vegetables to desperate citizens. 
The images were plastered all over the media with a large outcry pouring forth concerning the state of growing despair faced by many in the country. Intense. Yeah. And this is happening all over the world. Yeah, a lot of economic troubles. Let's see. This week would have been uh, Rosa Parks' 100th birthday. And this courageous woman deserves to be remembered. Many people people don't know that she was actually a lifelong activist instead of just attributing her actions to one day. Yeah, I was reading about this, all the details of her. You know, she she's known for refusing to give up her seat on the bus, but she was a lifelong uh, civil rights activist. I mean, if you became famous for one thing, I don't think you can stop. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, was she famous at the moment? Uh, she wasn't really as famous at the moment, but she was doing civil rights activism up to that point. You know, she... Uh, some people don't understand and they think, oh, she was just, she just decided that day to, uh, not give up the seats. Be ornery? Yeah, to be ornery. One, and she, day. and she was ornery, you know, but she, she was actually doing it as a part of a organized protest effort. Yeah. And she continued doing it for decades afterwards. It's good to hear. What would be your reaction if you found out that fracking really was devastating your home and the areas around it? How about if you were an artist? Mm. Would you make a video about it? You might. <laughs> <Just like this. laughs> so, this is what happens when Yoko Ono and her fellow activists found out the truth about fracking effects in Pennsylvania. Yes, they went out and made a video about it. Um, the, the, the URL is short enough that if you grab a pencil right now or memorize this number, <laughs> it's uh, vimeo.com slash Five eight six six zero zero four zero. Yes. Got it. All right. <laughs> Otherwise, info at your community spirit, and I will send it to you. Yeah, and Yoko Ono has been really following that issue because when she first heard there were people in her area that were getting getting fracked, um, she did a little song on uh, I think the Conan O'Brien show. Um, but then now that it's actually happening, she's going out there with a video camera and seeing the effects. All right, let's see. In other news, a three-day summit was held in Brooklyn over the weekend to discuss what else grassroots movements can do to help the people affected by Superstorm Sandy. You mean people are still affected by that? I thought that was a while ago. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's so 2012. <laughs> I mean, someone just recently mentioned that the power went out during uh, some big game yeah. and that it was probably residual effects from some big storm that happened a long time ago in New Orleans. <laughs> Yeah. That there's still issues with the infrastructure? Yeah, there could be. Wow. I mean, that's. You mean big storms like that leave lasting impacts that last for years? Wow, that's that's big news. Yeah. I wonder why we're the only ones talking about it. <laughs> um, nobody else knows? Not really. Shh, nobody knows that it's climate change is happening. All right. Yeah. Let's climate go. change, the world's best kept secret. <laughs> that's unfortunate. It's funny because it's true. Eve Ensler connects the dots between violence against women and violence against the planet. Aha. Intense. Eve Ensler made it okay to say the word vagina out loud. Could she now inspire more of us to say climate change too? Oh my. <laughs> Ensler, the activist and artist behind the vagina monologues, is currently making a big push to promote one billion rising. A global event planned for this coming Valentine's Day, a.k.a. V-Day. She's calling for people everywhere to, quote, 
dance, rise up and demand the end to violence against women, end quote. The campaign was inspired by a UN estimate that one in every three women will experience violence during her lifetime, meaning well over a billion of us. And Ensler's activist extends beyond this critical issue. She has recently began drawing connections between the violence that men perpetrate against women and the violence that fossil fuel companies perpetrate against the climate and all of us who depend upon it. If you would like to read the complete interview, please send me an e- email, info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Yep. Intense? Yes, very intense. Do you think pe- violence is really usually caused by people who are insecure? <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they want, yeah, they have whatever it is that they want. They want to feel secure. They want certain things. And... The way they go about getting it is through violence, you know, controlling other people, hurting other people, just to try to get what they want. And that is a mentality that connects both people who commit violence against women and people who are destructive to the planet, which does disproportionately affect women as well. All right, let's see. Other news? Let's help the planet. Yes, let's help the planet with some bikes. Oh, I was talking about... Us, my planet, my oh, belly, yeah. riding bicycles more. That's what I call my belly, my planet. <laughs> Your planet. <laughs> Your center of gravity. It's like... <laughs> so bike sharing goes big, but can it get over its little helmet problem? Uh, we just don't get it. Why wouldn't anyone want to look like this with a, with a helmet on? Seattle crunches quite a bit of granola, hugs, and more than its share of a lot of trees. It has the second highest bike commute rate for U.S. cities. But as of yet, it has no bicycle sharing system. What? Which is what all the cool, sustainable cities are doing. I yeah. see you, Tulsa. <laughs> Tulsa, wait. Tulsa is a cool city? <laughs> I didn't know any place in Oklahoma. Well, sorry, yeah. anybody from Oklahoma. So do we still have Saluki cycles here in Carbondale? Yeah. So we're ahead of we're ahead of them? We're a cool city? <laughs> we're cooler than Seattle, I guess. Yeah, but I think it's only available to students. But Yeah. Well, that means we're a little bit cooler than Seattle. Yeah. If we were available to everyone, then we'd be a lot cooler than yeah. Seattle. I think if you become a member of the rec center, then you can borrow it. Oh, okay. You, know, you just have to, there has to be some um, paper trail. I guess. Yeah. You know, you can borrow a bicycle, but you're responsible for it. Yeah, because I know they check it out by swiping the, the bicycle out, so you've got to have your rec center card or a student card. Right, yeah. But yeah. So, yeah, the bike shares make bicycles available to the public through a network of checkout stations. And they help with traffic congestion, reducing pollution from cars, and their gateway bike for the beginners. And cycling does make people happy. Don't you want to be happy? I guess not. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I want to be happy, but apparently Seattle does not. (laughs) Well, maybe now that we have brought it to the attention of Seattle by mentioning it on a radio show in southern Illinois... (laughs) They will <laughs> take action and start a bike-sharing program. Because um, here's the problem. Wherever there's a strict helmet law, bike-share programs are not successful. Yeah. And apparently Seattle has a very strict helmet law. Mm-hmm. And so that's the issue. So. Yeah. Well, I've never understand people's reluctance to wear helmets. I mean, they say, oh, it messes up my hair. Well, hitting the pavement <laughs> at 20 miles an hour also messes up but your there, hair. But why should there be a law telling you... What to wear? Yeah, I know it, it doesn't it is, affect anybody else. Yeah, the the law having a law of it is is sort of a little bit ridiculous. But then this debate goes on. It's like if if we have 
you know, subsidized health care, you know, should we have to pay for someone who has not worn a helmet and hit their head? Okay. <laughs> well, then we shouldn't allow people to drive cars because <laughs> yeah. the majority of, you know, major accidents that really mess people up are in cars. So they should be outlawed. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a big controversy. It's just like, I mean. The same sort of thing happened with seatbelts. Like people don't want to wear seatbelts and then they pass laws to make people wear seatbelts. Right. And is that a good or a bad thing? It does restrict freedoms, you know. You're not free to ride around without a seatbelt anymore. But then driving is seen as a privilege rather than a right. But then in our current society, it's like freedom of movements. You know, if you, if you can't, it gets really complicated. Yeah, I mean, do you think uh, there there is a lot of cities who are starting to do bicycle programs? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know, but our city just got a big grant, $330,000, I think, to basically make a trail right along the railroad tracks right through the center of town. Yeah, I heard about that. So it'll start in the south of town, right south of Guy House, and come all the way downtown to the, you know, the town square. Yeah. And so, you know, there'll be a nice walking path and, I mean, and bike path. <laughs> yeah. So just from the north side to the south side of the town, so... That'll Bring be, us all together. Yeah, that'll be really nice. So, that will be. Um, I did hear about that. So, All right. The USDA, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, predicts all manner of end times for crops and forests. <laughs> what? They came out with a report. Climate change will absolutely devastate America, agriculture, and forests. Don't believe me? Ask the feds. The Department of Agriculture released a new analysis of cropland and climate showing that all bets are off after the next 25-ish years. From the U.S. from the USA Today, quote, We're going to end up in a solution where we have a multitude of things happening that are going to negatively impact crop production, says Jerry Hatfield, a laboratory director in plant psycho... psycho yeah, physiologist. What's a physiologist? Someone who sta studies hmm. plants? Yes. The physiology of plants? Hmm. Hmm. All right. Um, in fact, we saw this in 2012 with the drought, end quote. There was a drought? Yeah, that, that, hmm. we're supposed to remember things that happened like a few months ago. Yeah. What is this now? I was talking to a guy at the Winter Farmer's Market that grows pecans and mm. he said normally they get like 80,000 pounds of pecans and this year they didn't even get 10,000 yeah it was so dry you know so that's what happens with drought yeah so and if it keeps happening then it, we're going to keep having an impact on our farming systems so i mean they're really trying to adapt but you can't adapt when things happen so fast now yeah and, and things are so unpredictable so, temperature increases and more extreme swings in precipitation could lead to a drop in yield for major U.S. crops and, of course, reduce the profitability of being in business. Yeah. So. Yeah, and with the adaptation, too, that's as time goes on, it's not just that they have to adapt once, they have to keep adapting, you know. If the climate once just changed like a couple degrees and the weather changed a little bit, then things could adapt, but it's like aiming for a moving target, you know. Okay, so we'll all be starving, <laughs> but at least we can appreciate other nature, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, the forests and the trees and... <laughs> nope. Well, 
unfortunately, from the Associated Press. Dave Clems, climate advisor to the chief of the U.S. Forest Service, said climate change has become a primary driver for managing national forests because it poses a major threat to their ability to store carbon and provide clean water and wildlife habitat. So, the bright side? We'll have the last laugh in the faces of those climate change deniers. <laughs> Just like, yeah. ha I told you so. <laughs> Well, I feel like we have, what we should have done is like made sort of a bet with the climate deniers where like they could sign up to like do a bunch of volunteer efforts 10 years from now to mitigate climate change. You know, they're like, oh, sure, it's not going to happen. I'll sign up for this. And, and 10 like, years later, they got to handle it because they didn't believe in it. Well, I mean, probably that's the case because, I mean, we've all been preparing for it. Yeah. The deniers have not. <laughs> so they're going to have a really hard time preparing for it. Yeah. Know? I mean, basically, they'll just be in trouble. Yeah. But everybody else who believes in it have been preparing. At least as much as they can. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't have the, the, the funds or the knowledge to really prepare. Well, the easiest way to prepare is make sure you have enough food for a period of time. Yeah. Don't rely on, you know, um, where was I? I was in Schnooks over the weekend, and they had a sign above the vegetables that due to the cold weather in Arizona, we don't have fresh vegetables. Yeah. And they did. They had, like, blank sections of their produce that just had, like, you know, a couple cucumbers, you know. And the ones they had were, like, very much saran-wrapped in plastic so that, you know, they're pretty old kind of deal. Yeah. So, um, yes, it's all connected. So make sure you have enough food to last for a period of time. Yep. So you don't have to rely on others. Yes. <laughs> so... What else is the USDA doing? Yeah, USDA is gearing up to steal candy from babies. What? <laughs> it, it, they seem a little conflicted about what they want you to eat. Uh, a year ago, the new rules intended to make school lunches healthier, but then it backed away from restrictions on the serving of meat and grains. Now it's cracking down on greasy and sweet snacks sold both in vending machines and school lunches. Fatty chips, snack cakes, nachos, mozzarella sticks would be taken out of lunch lines and vending machines. In their place would be things like baked chips, trail mix, diet sodas, probably with aspartame in them, <laughs> lower-calorie sports drinks, and low-fat hamburgers. Okay, in the vending machine, there'll be a low-fat... No, no, that has to be the lunch line. <laughs> Hopefully the lunch line. It probably wouldn't keep in the vending machine. Yep. So they're actually going to set a limit on fat, calorie, sugar, and sodium limit on all foods sold in schools. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Intense. Yeah. So we should start getting to some of these happenings. Uh, oh yeah. Mention a. I'll mention another headline here. Uruguayan government gives out bikes in exchange for guns. <laughs> there you go. That's thinking outside the box. Yeah. It's. They call it the trade-offs. Weapons for life. Yeah. It's a good plan. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> so. All right. That's a good buyback program. Today is Boy Scouts Day and Laugh and Get Rich Day. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Where, where's my money? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, in New Mexico, it's Extraterrestrial Culture Day. All right. <laughs> yeah, so let's see. What else do we have coming up? Uh, National Stop Bullying Day is coming up on Saturday. And it's the anniversary of the Beatles' appearance on the Ed Sullivan Show. All right. Monday is Be Electric. Electrific. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> um. National Shut-In Visitation Day on Monday. 
satisfied staying single day and white shirt day all on Monday. Yes. And Tuesday is Darwin Day. Uh, It's also the birthday of President Abraham Lincoln. Wednesday is Employee Legal Awareness Day and Get a Different Name Day. (laughs) And then Madly in Love with Me, 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 Me Day. That's on Wednesday. Yeah. I celebrated Get a Different Name Day at one point. (laughs) Changed my name to Treeson. But I don't think it was in February. It wasn't always your name? Nope. Oh. Huh. I I changed it legally back in 2002. Thursday is National Donor Day and National Have a Heart Day. (laughs) And it's also Valentine's Day. Oh, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if a donor donates a heart to you, then you'll have a heart. Yeah. It's like, And it's also Race Relations Day. So, all right, community happenings. Yes, community happenings. Today is the last day of the Houses of Faith tour. Um, individual faith communities open their doors and offer hospitality to visitors. Go to cdaleinterfaith.org or give a call to 942-3986. That was a very interesting event. Yes. Other events coming up, we have the Art Woman Self, a creative workshop. That's coming up next Wednesday, February 13th at 6 p.m. Participants will be guided through movement, storytelling, and art-making exercises to explore themes related to gender, race, power, and reclamation. It's going on at the CHMO Theater on the SIU campus here in Carbondale. On Thursday, One Billion Rising, Fur Auditorium, that's in Pulliam Hall on the SIU campus, on February 14th at 7 p.m., the Women's Center in Southern Illinois will join with activists around the world for One Billion Rising, the largest day of action in the history of V-Day, the global activist community to end violence against women and girls. The evening of empowering performances will take place in Fur Auditorium, that's Pulliam Hall, at SIUC in Carbondale. Yes, and coming up at Guy House on uh, Sunday at 3 p.m., we have a new event, Soul Talk. Uh, Rebecca Spencer is doing an hour of enlightening your truth self. She talks about all sorts of interesting spiritual topics. At Guy House, new time on Wednesdays at 10.30 a.m., Yoga Basics for Women, every Wednesday. Yes, and so, uh, oh yeah, we mentioned this happening, the Winners Farmers Market. Coming up on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to noon at the Thomas School, 1025 North Wall Street in Carbondale. Saturdays from noon to 1 p.m., the Vigil for Peace at the corner of Maine in Illinois, sponsored by the Peace Coalition of Southern Illinois. Yes, and tonight at 6 p.m., Rice and Spice International Slow Food Dinner. The theme this week is Caribbean Beach Party. <laughs> so you can dress in all your beach clothes and enjoy some delicious Caribbean food. Get warm. Yes. So, um, also on Fridays at 7 p.m. at the Guy House, the open mic night. This is show off your performances in a comfortable coffee house meets living room. <laughs> yes. So, um, I do have a newsletter extra in here. It's the moonrise. It's it's really beautiful. It's like watching a moon rise in real time, full size moon. Yeah. Well worth the three minutes and or four minutes of your life. To, Watch a moon rise. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds like, good. So get your newsletter, info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Otherwise, we'll see you again 
on the radio. Yes, next week we on the radio. You. We can see you. So. Yes, we see you, and we will see you next week. In the meantime, enjoy the the whatever weather happens to come. You know, we don't know if it's going to be spring weather, summer weather, winter weather, but enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs>